Hello and welcome to Space Battles, a transformative real play podcast that reimagines the latest trilogy of a popular space combat franchise. If you're joining us for the first time, stop here and start with the first part of A Shattered Galaxy. Otherwise, previously you will have heard... The message is directed at you, Kiyama. Um, it is either a warning or an entreaty, it's unclear, um, saying it's not too late to turn back, um, that the Sith always lie, and that if nothing else, he'll see you. He will see you, or we will see you, it's not clear which, but somebody from the Jedi will see you on Felucia. And I'm guessing I have no memory of whether or not where I came from, where I was traveling from. Where you were traveling from? Like your where you left from? Yeah, like yeah, did I was I coming to or going to Felicia? Do I have any No. It's uh yeah. it's, it's it's unclear. Oh dear. I think Mia's just gonna yell Ashka And as you yell that there is a tremendous roar and a crash, a clap like thunder, and that's where we're gonna end for tonight. But in any case, said space combat has led you to crash land on Felucia. Genuine question. Mm-hmm. Will we ever land softly? <laughs> that is 100% up to Mia. No shade. Genuine curiosity. <laughs> so that, that is 100% up to Mia. And there's, if she wants to land softly. Landing softly, landing loudly, or landing in complete immolation so i'm doing fine okay <laughs> yeah some um sometimes you can crash a ship through the atmosphere and several layers of course coral scones parking deck mm-hmm. and thereby not, start the series i'm not a good pilot though so <laughs> <laughs> i mean not anymore you're not oh ow was i <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Oh. Who knows? <laughs> Can everyone see the jungles of Felucia on roll 20? Yes. No. I found it's up here. Yes, uh, it, it is. Took there a it while. Is. Upper right the corner. Upper right. <laughs> oh no, I see a skeleton of a large creature. I have to say, I don't know if this is intentional or just because Palpy Ship has always looked kind of rusted. But every time I look at it after we've crashed or done something to him, I'm like, oh, man, he looks kind of busted up. Yeah. I haven't bothered to try and find a nicer model for Palpy Ship because why would I? <laughs> oh, he deserves um, better. He does. Uh, but you guys are just doing your best. So you guys are actually on Palpy Ship at the moment. Um, to lay the scene, I think I'm going to zoom in on Eshka. Like we cut from the end of last session where we see there's an exterior shot of Palpy Ship cutting a blazing hole through the violently green canopy of Felucia. Sort of mirrored, I think, um, or um, backlit by the single moon of Felucia in a nice mirroring of the binary moonrise where you guys left. And the uh, much more dynamic entry that you are now performing. Palpy Ship digs a skidding hole several meters deep and tens of meters long until finally coming to rest in this crevasse underneath a boulder. We cut inside. Let's see who's still conscious. Actually, oh <laughs> I take that back. None of you are conscious. Let's see who's going to regain consciousness. I would like each of you to make me... 
a resilience test, please. Ooh, I have that. Are we ready to roll? Mm-hmm. Okay, so each of you is going to take eight minus the number of successes on your resilience. Um, so that's going to be seven for Lumia, Eshka, and VC20, and four for Kiyama. And this is like HP, like wounds. This is this, yeah. It's going to be wounds, and it's going to be. This is all going to be before soak. So apply your soak to that incoming damage as well. Okay, <clears throat> I'm good. Could be worse. Could be worse. Could be worse. Could be better. Could be better. Could be worse. I want to cut to Eshka. Actually, how are you holding up, Eshka? Okay, been better. Been worse. You regain consciousness with loud buzzing tones of palby ship alarms going off the smell of ozone and burnt plastic and what smells like spilled hyperdrive fuel maybe um all kinds of terrible smells are filling the air overwhelming your you know powerful bothan senses and over the din and through the olfactory cacophony that is tormenting you at the moment you hear Palpy Ship say, Organic number one, please resume functionality. Organic number one, please resume functionality. Aww. Oh, I am straight up not having a good time, bro. Organic number one, are you functional? Uh, yes. Hi, Palpy Ship. Did we land? We are on the ground. That's as close to landing as I guess we're going to get. Cool. All of the organics are still non-functional. Oh, uh, not as good. Um, oh, very not good. Um, and so I will get up and start looking around and see if I can help. It is worth noting, organic number one, I have lost use of all my subsystems. Only weapons are still online. That is good information to have. I have suffered damage that I would term catastrophic to my whole. And as you are kind of wandering blearily around uh, Palpy Ship's hatchways, you actually notice that there is a faint buzzing sound that is now serving as a counterpoint to the heavy droning alarms of Palpy Ship's internal systems. And you realize that the buzzing noise is the sound of the night jungle outside. There is a huge hole that has been ripped into Palpy Ship's hull. Oh, that's very not good. <clears throat> Damn it, I just fixed this ship. <laughs> <laughs> I just fixed it. Uh, okay. All right. Um, I think the first place to start is making sure everyone's okay and apparently fixing up VC20. So where is everyone? How are we? As you begin to look around, Palpy Ship once more chimes in, and he says, Organic number one, I wish to be clear, I am not dying. This shell is dying. I spoke colloquially, in the hopes that we have established an understanding in our symbiosis. I would say we have, Palpy Ship. Don't worry, I'm going to do everything I can to get you fixed up. Or, well, to get the hull fixed up. I'm kind of fond of it, even if it's a bucket of bolts. I am a creature of immortal will and power. You may discard this shell if it becomes inconvenient. That's good to know that it's not attached to you. Um, the rest of that, slightly ominous, but, you know, we'll put a pin in that. And... Should I not refer to myself as a creature? Oh no, you're good. 
it's fine. Uh, I just need to make sure everyone else is okay right now. I'm going to shut down. Okay. And, and before you even get the chance to affirm, Eshka, the uh, lights, alarms, and humming stops, and you are just left with the terrible bouquet of smells and the occasional sparking. Uh, it seems as though Palpy ship has sort of fully retreated into this shell. The ship is pretty much toast. Aww. Well, okay. For the time being, um, let's check in and see how everybody is. Okay. Um, Palpy ship, again, like it cannot be emphasized enough. Palpy ship is a deeply unreliable narrator. Um, (laughs) The others have started regaining consciousness, including uh, VC20, who looks, you know, as rough as the rest of you, but is otherwise perfectly fine. Okay. <laughs> Palpy ship doesn't. He's a, not only is he like apparent whatever. Not only is he whatever an immortal creature of will and consciousness, or whatever he said. <laughs> but he's been inhabiting a spaceship for who knows how long. He like he doesn't understand droids really, and definitely not humanoids. Yeah. Uh, so how is everybody? Um... GC20 seems okay. That's great. Um, how are the other organics? Kiyama was up in the cockpit when we crashed because she was giving directions to Mia. Yeah, you and Mia were up in the cockpit and Eshka and VC20 were uh, in the hallway trying to like put out fires from blaster shots that Palby that, uh, Ship took. Um, when I wake up, is there anything, uh, anything that first comes... Like, what would be the first thing I notice? Like, just the same thing, the blearing alarms, every, all of that stuff. Uh, no, by the time you regain consciousness, that has turned off. Uh, the first thing you notice on regaining consciousness is a spider larger than your hand crawling on you. I, she, uh, sorry, visceral reaction there. Um, she is going to, like jolt back stumble over whatever the hell is behind her and like slap that thing away and scream holy fucking shit where you realize that the viewport in the cockpit is completely caved in there's just jungle entering palpy ship <sighs> she stares at the spider and points at it like get the hell out of here <laughs> <laughs> kills it with her lightsaber yeah like almost just like <laughs> Like a little quick on-off, just like, don't even come close. So she's also going to, remembering what was happening before we crashed, she's going to look around for Mia. Uh, Mia, you are just gaining, you regain consciousness hearing uh, Kiyama scream. Uh, you've, you were like under a pile of metal detritus. Um, and I'm, I'm sort of going to like flail a little bit and try to find my blaster. Is my blaster on my belt or has it been knocked away in the... You're, you're still largely in one piece. It looks like okay. Palpy, ship's compen- Palpy Ship's compensators are actually quite good. Um, okay. you, you, you as a pilot know, like looking around and seeing the, seeing the height that you were at when you last were conscious, you know that there are ships out there, ships you've flown, where a landing like this would have just destroyed the ship and killed everybody on board. Mm-hmm. It's a testament to Palpy Ship's engineering that you guys are alive at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Mia's going to sort of try and get all of the rubble off of her. Um, and I think she's sort of panting and 
she's she's a little bit the worse for wear right now and she's going to look around then turn to kiyama and just go so this is felucia huh and then she's gonna say i don't suppose you remember if we're close to where we should be do you uh kiyama kind of grimaces at that and um has to take almost a centering breath after that spider (laughs) um before uh just kind of doing a not like a probing into the force because she is kind of concerned she has the assumption that if she makes herself too known it might stand out to she's assuming Velamin is up in space looking for her she's like just not she's assuming that there are force users both in Luke's camp and in the true empire that might be looking out for her um so she's not going to like do a full presence, but um, just kind of do a quick pulse check on the force to see is she close to what she re- was looking for or reaching out to. Sure. Um, I'm going to charge you a light side point and you can give me a vigilance. All righty. You're just taking these light side points today. You've got three. What are you guys <laughs> complaining about? All righty. Okay. Two successes. Um, so your first insight is that Felucia is the exact opposite of the polar place that you left in Colomax. Um, if you remember, you reached out in a similar way there and felt n- basically nothing, no small life, no people other than the four, the four of you. Because uh, you're kind of getting a feel for finding VC20 in a strange way. You don't know what that means, but you're getting a feel for it. Um, Felucia is exactly the opposite. Uh, It is an overwhelming amount of life. It's the forced version of white noise. You kind of reel mentally as you try to make sense of it, but you hear it like a faint whisper in an ocean of static. The feeling that you're chasing, the familiar sense that you got in that dream on Colomax, they're here. They're they're close. She kind of recedes as best she can from the force again, not trying to make herself super obvious and um, looks back to me and is like, we're close, but I think we made quite an entrance landing. Um, We probably should get away from here. Uh, VC20, you wake up not dissimilarly from Mia. Um, Sans the spider of Kiyama, but... uh, you were also under a fair amount of detritus. Uh, helpfully, however, Eshka is right there, kind of pulling some of it off of you. Thank you. How are the others? So far, so good. Um, ship is toast, though. Or, well, the hull is toast. Palpy's ship himself seems to be independent of the physical body of the ship, which is very interesting. I don't know if that means that he's an independent program. He said some weird stuff, but, and I don't know. At any rate, I don't know how to extract him yet, but I'm sure we can figure it out because, uh, and, and she kind of like looks around <laughs> at the absolutely ruined <laughs> body of the ship. Uh, yeah, I don't see myself preparing this in a couple days. Yes, we will need to find out how to abs- extract Palpy ship. Where is B-13? Eshka, you realize you haven't seen B-13. I haven't seen him. Was he... Where was he when we uh, landed? 
Um, he was a little further back. You guys were close to the meditation room with the hollow pedestal. Uh, he was putting out like a fire further back in the ship, closer to the hatch. Okay, let's take a quick little jaunt back there and see if he's there. Come. Okay. The hatch is open. He is not there. Oh, I had a feeling. Hell. I had a feeling. <laughs> I mean, that's better than if he got crushed in the ship, right? Yes. Depends on where the outcome takes us, I suppose. Has Have Kiyama and Mia met up with BC20 and Eshka at this point? Uh, yeah, you guys are all conscious and aware that everybody else is conscious. There's no way of hiding okay. Kiyama screaming at the spider, so... That's a good point. <laughs> well, I, I, when she realizes that B13 is left, she she goes and counts her lightsabers. <laughs> All of your lightsabers are there. Okay, cool. All right. She is suspicious still, but less angry about it. I think Mia's going to say, like, something tells me he's going to be what leads us to where we want to go. We should try following him. Great. As there may be hostile wildlife... I should see if the blaster is still on board. Your heavy blaster rifle? Your automatic yes. rifle? Yeah. Yeah, that's very much still on board. Um, that was in your quarters, Senator. Um, I'm going to like kind of uh, hold it out as though I'm expecting someone else to take it from me. Okay. You okay there, Senator? Oh, it's it's fine. Kiyama, who's been like gathering her pack and stuff, she's like, if you need someone to carry that for you. He will hand it over very quickly. <laughs> and Kiyama, who has her own heavy blaster rifle, not like a repeating rifle, but like a pistol, a rifle, and three lightsabers, looks to Eshka and me and be like, you guys want any of this? I'll take something. And she kind of like pulls out her, the three types of rifle, like <laughs> guns. <laughs> Which one do you want? Um, I got your automatic. I got your rifle. I got your... I, got I think a Mia pistol. already has a pistol, so she'll take the rifle and like strap it across her back, maybe. Okay. So Eshka, are you going? Are you going to take the uh, automatic? Can Can I? How How big is How big is this gun? <laughs> can I carry it? Yes, it is not so okay. large that um, Eshka cannot use it. Okay. Uh, then yeah, I guess so. Um, okay. It uses ranged heavy oh. rather than ranged light. Okay, so I can carry it, but I cannot use it. You can still use it. Um, it much like 5th edition, there's no penalty for not being trained with something. You just don't get yellow dice because you don't have any ranks in the skill. Oh, okay. You, so you don't you get can, your proficiency bonus, essentially. Essentially, yeah, that's kind of the analogous thing. Like, no yellow dice means no skill levels means no proficiency, basically. Gotcha. But I'm not going to impose penalties on you for it. Okay. Some weapons, I believe, actually do have that quality, but they are very unusual, and that rifle is not one of them. Okie dokie. As you guys are making your way to go, a single light turns on uh, near the hatch in the back, and Palpy Ship's voice once more rings out, um, oddly kind of garbled, um, not quite as high-pitched as usual, and it says, Okay, everyone, I... Pedestal. Helpful. Uh, I will go to the hollow pedestal because I caught that much and I'm guessing he can, he's stored there or something. 
Um, something after that fashion. I mean, you can take a look with computers if you'd like. Yeah. Um, there is like a physical drive that has been pushed out of the pedestal that was previously so flush with it that it was imperceptible. Oh, I see. Um, so that seems most likely intuitively. You can't confirm it uh, technologically, though. This is not a design that you're familiar with. Okay. Um, before I take anything, I will try to talk to Paul Bishop again. Like, hey, do you, you want to try again, bud? Okay, I'm going to take my best guess then <laughs> and, and uh, take the drive. Okay. Uh, as you walk back towards the hatch and down the ramp, the single light inside Poppy ship turns off. Oh, my heart. If nothing else, I've, got, I've made you guys love a murderous, psychopathic <laughs> hunk of metal 85 feet long. Listen, yes. what are we supposed to do with him? We love him. He's, he's, our, he's our, like, morally dubious child. Huh. And he's thinking, also saved our life several times. I was huh. thinking of more of the Kylo Ren of this series, but that's fine. I guess your guys' <laughs> interpretation is okay, too. He's also pretty Kylo Ren-like. Yeah, I'll grant that. You are now out in the nighttime jungle of Felucia. Um, Kiyama, you quickly learn what the spider eats, which uh, is probably dozens of the horrible flying insects that are everywhere. Oh, okay, that's better. I was uh, worried there. Yeah, I mean, you do see a <laughs> spider catch and eat one. It looks like they jump rather than weave webs. Oh, uh, thanks, God. Ryan. Oh, God. You went for the spooky anyways. You went yeah. for the... Yeah, okay. Kiyama is having that is actually in game of what she's doing. That is Yeah, you learn this in because character. it leaps it, it, it No leaps, acting needed. It leaps up and it snags a small frog off of a branch. Oh god. Uh there are also frogs everywhere. The the night is alive with the sound of frogs and birds and monkeys and other things. Hmm. She, uh, for light, is it, it's nighttime, right? Yeah, you guys all still have your glow rods. Okay, yeah, she'll, she'll use the glow rod. And she also, uh, we all packed up all of our stuff before we left Palpy Ship, obviously. Mm-hmm. Should can you guys all- like, perception, uh, can I do a perception check to see if, like, I can tell where B13, what direction B13 might have gone in? That's exactly what I was gonna ask for. Um, there are many things to look out for on Felucia. Um, so I'm going to have a perception roll from all of you. And based on the successes and whether or not you are focused on B13 or the planet itself, I will tell you different things. Well, I don't see anything, so it's fine. No, B13 headed south, Lumia. Oh, I see. How did I? But I didn't have a POW. Sometimes I lie. Sometimes you lie. Oh, I. that's that. Hmm, yeah. Oh, yeah. He went south, everyone. <laughs> um, I tried to roll perception and nothing is happening. Yeah, that happened to me. Uh, wait a few moments and let's see where that goes. Uh, Kiyama, yes. B13 absolutely went south. Uh, Eshka. <laughs> uh, you got a triumph. VC20 got no results. VC20, I am going to say that you are a bit overwhelmed with the change in environment. Um, your eyes are fogging up, which is very distracting initially. I'm really bothered by the spiders. Yes. 
uh, Eshka, there is the ground itself seems to be shaking, which is strange. Why is the ground shaking? What? Why is the ground shaking? Uh, I hadn't noticed it. I thought it was trees. And Kiyama holds what? Holds her lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was trees. I thought it was... <laughs> She's really confused, guys. I, I need you to know that Eshka looks at her with this expression that she doesn't say it, but her face is saying, I am using every ounce of patience in my tiny body right now. <laughs> Kiyama's just like staring at this frog that has been attacked by a spider and is just <laughs> just still not <laughs> oh my god <clears throat> Eshka yes there's something coming oh something's coming this way guys there's something coming and it's big some big we should and then I think move. Mia's gonna say he went south let's go and she's gonna take off into the trees oh no Kiyama hearing Eshka saying there's something coming take picks up her, is holding her lightsaber and illuminates it to try and give more light okay and let's move let's go <laughs> I'm gonna make you act an initiative uh cool um for you it is gonna be vigilance for you and VC20 it's going to be vigilance for everyone else it's going to be cool okay a much better initiative than usual so I'm running oh wait I don't go first never mind no you I don't a really good role in the system when the roles eventually appeared she did have a really good roll. Hey, Brian, what the fuck is that? <laughs> oh, shit. Like, I'm trying not to meta, but shit. Yeah. I, feel, I feel okay saying it because Eshka heard it coming. So. Well, I'm running off down towards this house. Mm-hmm. So, so like, just, like, just like usual, three squares to a maneuver. Um, if you're going to spend your whole turn moving, you're going to get uh, six squares. So I think I'm going to only do three squares because then that creature is going to appear. And I think that I'm going to like fumble at the giant rifle that is at my back now and try and like unstrap it so that I can shoot it if I need to. Okay. You climbed up like this boulder a little bit. It's mostly like a steep incline, not like a proper climb. Um, You've run into a giant skeleton of some variety. And by the light of Eshka's glow rod, you can see the enormous forelimb of something. Cool, as it were. Mm-hmm. Eshka. So I'm sticking with my initial impression, uh, which was, let's get out of here. <laughs> and given this new information and the fact that Mia's already off to the races, I will also run to the south. Okie dokie. Um, I have stuck what I believe to be Palpy Ship, uh, in my backpack. Okay. And I'm going to take off. Okie dokie. Is no longer as visible through the foliage. Those of you who did poorly on perception checks before, which is just about everybody, uh, now realize that uh, the vegetation here is bioluminescent. It's a little bit easier to tell when you're moving around because the glare of the glow rods obscures it. Um, you know, you're sort of light-blinded. Uh, but it becomes more apparent as you move past more of it. Uh, so there are glowing bits of fungi pretty much everywhere, huge purple blooms uh, nesting in the corner of boulders, what look like 
sky blue pumpkins that are hanging from the canopy above, uh, swinging back and forth, shedding light down on you very, very dimly. Kiyama. Yep. All right. Um, (laughs) Shaken from her reverie about this uh, jumping frog-eating spider by the (laughs) sudden appearance of a hand and Eshka and Mia taking off to the south, she is... Does it look like there is anything in the direction they're going? Any coverage to the south? Like, is there something to hide behind or anything back there? Or is it more open or we just can't tell? Uh, You could maybe hide behind the skeleton. It's truly enormous. Okay. Um, She's going to try and do that. So that come like over here and try and like hide in the bones. Please give me a stealth roll. Two failures. Oh. Well, I am definitely hidden. Yeah, you're doing a great job. Awesome. VC 20. Okay. Um, I don't even remember seeing it on the map, but everyone else is going this way, so I'll just go with the flow. Uh, is there anything that you'd like to do with your action? Um, draw. Um, you can keep running. The... You can hide, etc. Sorry. What is the... Uh, Genesis equivalent of animal handling? Um, I imagine it would be a charm roll with some significant penalties for lack of articulation, not being able to express yourself as usual to an animal. It would be the kind of thing where you couldn't really replace it with, say, leadership or negotiation or anything like that. That makes sense. Um, Yeah, so I guess I will just continue to move closer to it. Um, since I am presumably less delicious than the rest of the group. That's fair. That makes sense. Oh, there it is. Yes. It draws into the light of your glow stick, Eshka, and you can see a huge mountain of leathery brown flesh. Giant nails, not claws, but nails, extend from its hoof-like feet. Huge, muscular limbs tipped with a three-fingered claw, extend down past the knee of the creature, almost dragging onto the ground. A stumpy head attached to a neck that is fused almost to the front of the chest, giving it a sloped, threatening demeanor, looms at you out of the darkness. A giant mouth, probably five meters wide, opens, filled with row after row of fangs, razor-sharp teeth, each as, lo- each as large as your body individually, and it roars, an earth-shattering, deafening, thunderous roar. Well, I don't care for that one bit. Now that everyone can see it, um, I'm going to give you all an out-of-turn incidental, and you can make a xenology roll. Uh, if you would not prefer to not make a xenology roll and would prefer to make an education roll, you may hold off, but the difficulty is going to be different. I'll take the education roll, so I'll hold off. Okay. I'll do xenology. All right. Uh, I will hold off for education. VC20, any preference? Those are the same to me, so I will go ahead and do xenology. Sounds good. All right, VC20 uh, and Kiyama both have no idea what this creature is, other than the fact that it is enormous, carnivorous, and 30 meters high. Uh, Those of you who are making education rolls for me may now proceed and do so. Oh. 
Eshka, you are the only person who knows what it is. <laughs> Moreover, you are the only person who knows how to keep yourself safe from it. Oh, that is excellent information. Would you please share it? <laughs> I am going to DM it to you. Okay. Does make sense that the person who is uh, on the run from the huts might know what this creature is. <laughs> so now Eshka is in possession of some knowledge. That's what three pows in education will get you. It has finished roaring and is now going to attack. Oh no. Oh no. Not great, uh, all things considered. Um, it's, wow, it's not even going to be able to do its special move. Um, oh god, thank you. Eshka, you dodge back nimbly, uh, avoiding the grip of its giant claw. And when I mean giant, I mean that the claw itself is close to 10 meters long. And you are instead just barely raked by this claw. You were going to take seven points of damage. Excuse me, eight points of damage. Don't um, forget to soak. That puts me at exactly zero. Uh-oh. Uh, you guys see Eshka almost get impaled by this thing's giant claw. A fine trail of Bothan blood is left across the jungle, and Esh Eshka lies there unmoving. Too bad I'm the only one. <laughs> I know, you're the only person who knows what to do. <laughs> Mia. She's going to fire Kiyama's uh, rifle immediately. Sure enough. Uh, your shot goes wild somehow. Uh, I'm not used to firing this gun. Yeah, that's the only thing I could imagine because I, I cannot emphasize this thing enough, this enough. This thing is 30 meters tall and it's wider than that. Uh, so you like shoot under its arm or something, you know, with your unfamiliarity with the weapon. Darn it. Sorry. Uh, Eshka, what I need you to do is roll die percentage, please. 42. Okay. Uh, so with a 42, uh, you are going to be knocked prone and suffer a strain. Uh, the normal critical hit is uh, bowled over. Okay. Um, but you don't need to worry about that because you're already knocked prone. So I guess give me one strain, Eshka. Alrighty. And I will just lie here. <laughs> Kiyama. Yep. Um, she is, uh, she's going to see what happened to Eshka, run up to her, and I will give her, um, I still have one stim pack, so I'll give her five hit points for the stim All pack. Right. Eshka, I will allow you one incidental, since you did not get to act on your turn, it's very fairly close to that. Um, can you please remind me what falls under incidentals? Um, drawing or holstering a weapon or item. Um, speaking. Basically very, very minor things. Almost like you can think of them sort of as bonus action-y things. Gotcha. Um, as I'm lying there, coming to, looking up, and seeing this enormous nightmare, I'll just like grab uh, Kiyama's wrist and say, shadows, it hunts by the shadows. <laughs> Can I do one more, like, was my action? So you've moved for a maneuver. You've performed an action with the, you've performed an, your action with the stim pack. Technically, it's a maneuver, but you can always downgrade, so to speak. Um, you can give me three strain to perform another maneuver if you'd like. Okay, I, wanna perf I want to, I want to then reach out and 
I will take the three strain and dim the glow rod. Dim Eshka's glow rod. Yeah, that would that would be an incidental. Um, you can just reach out and do that, like as a okay. brief object interaction. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm like trying to turn off the lights. Okay, you can. Um, I'll even say that you can turn off both you and Eshka's uh, glow rods. Okay. And I will adjust that accordingly. I'm hoping that's what you were intending via <laughs> that Eshka. <laughs> All right, lights start flickering out. What is? What's what? VC twenty. What was the thing in the turn order before VC20? That's none of your business. I know. I don't think we've seen it yet. <laughs> it looked like a little noodly thing in a party hat. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Noodle. Mr. Noodle. <laughs> yeah, I think I see that little guy on the map, but I'm pretty sure VC20 doesn't, so not doing anything with it. I'll just try to be closer to the Titan than the more delicious people. Okay. Are you trying to, like, attract its attention somehow, or uh, are you going to try and tame it with your prodigious charm? Um, what would you like to do with your action? It still sees us and everything? Yeah. Um, Eshka and Kiyama's glow rods have been turned off, but uh, you and Mia still have yours going. Well, I guess first thing would be turning off my glow rod. Okay. Or, wait, no. Um, well, if everyone, if the organics have their glow rods off, I'll try to move maybe a little further away from the rest of the group. Okay. Um, with my glow rod on. Really Ian Malcoming it? Yeah, kind of. Um, and what would you roll to look delicious? Would that be negotiation? (laughs) Um, I think in this case, uh, deception is slightly more apropos. Um, you are not particularly delicious. That seems reasonable. Um, should I roll it or? Yes, please. I'm all set. All right. You are unsure whether or not your tactic has been effectual. Well, at least you're unsure for a moment. Um, the Titan steps forward. <clears throat> it does not seem to be paying attention to the organics. Um, I feel it- the need to state again that I do not like this thing. It lifts one massive claw over its head as if it's going to strike you, VC-20. And then it pauses, uh, it sniffing back and forth with its tiny little nose, or at least proportionately tiny, positioned over its giant cavernous mouth. Abruptly, it turns and slams the arm down onto something that is just out of sight for you. Mia. Um, I think Mia will have learned from her mistake of last time and is going to sort of drop the rifle at her side and grab her blaster and fire okay. it. Okay. <laughs> That's still not the right thing that I'm allowed to roll. Try it again. Okay. I, like Mia, am decently trigger happy. Okay. Uh, so that is a success. Your blaster does, what, five damage? I believe so, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, it strikes this thing in the leathery hide. Uh, you can, VC20 can hear a sizzling sound as it just penetrates the thing's thick natural armor, and it is going to whirl. Eshka. I am going to uh, try to scramble a little further under the bones for safety, uh, and I'm going to, like, you know, like, hiss at Mia, like, stop firing and turn off your glow stick. Are you going to try and hide again? Yeah. 
Okay, give me a stealth, please. Okay. All right. That's... You are certainly hidden in those bones. Kiyama. Yep. Um... I... Hang on, let me see if I can do this. Um, what is short range considered in this map? Three squares. This okay. thing is at short range with you. Um, any square that it is inhabiting, like even if it's just an arm or a tail or yeah. whatever, like it's in it. So Okay. Then I'm going to stay where I am. Um, is Mia's glow stick still lit? Yeah, she hasn't she hasn't responded yet to Eshka's hissed warning. I'm going to then just reach out and turn off her glow stick. Okay. Taking charge. I can appreciate that. And Mia, are you going to resist that at all? Uh, no. And I'm going to yell to VC20, turn off the light! Uh, You guys realize that the skeleton is providing you natural sort of cover from the bioluminescence. Uh, There is, like, this whole patch here is pressed down and uh, devoid of any natural light that's coming through. You can hide especially well in the rib cage there. Akiyama, okay, are you doing anything else? Uh, nope, that's going to be my turn. She's not taking risks tonight. <laughs> uh, VC20 crawling into your light. Uh, you can see the Mr. Noodles, as Rebecca has termed them, sight unseen. Uh, an enormous multi-headed slug that is dragging a shell that is curled like a nautilus behind it. Uh, Huge tentacles emerge from behind it, and a shining layer of slime is trailed as it trailed wherever it goes. Uh, The one that you see has a damaged shell. It looks like it was maybe the victim of whatever the Rancor did last round. And it hisses and slaps at the Rancor's feet with what look to be burning acid-soaked tentacles. There are clouds of organic steam rising up from the Rancor's hooves wherever it's struck, and it roars loudly again. VC20, you're now up. Well, they seem like they've got this covered without me, so I'm going to turn off my light Okay. and start moseying on back to the rest of the group. Um, I'm going to effectively give each of you uh, low-light vision out to about five feet. And then that way you will uh, be able to appreciate the splendors of Felucia. Yay. I s- through the bioluminescence. S- I only see myself. I lost the view of the others. <clears throat> yeah, you should. Nobody's emitting light anymore. Okay, so I can't see the other people on the map. Okay, cool. In the darkness of the jungle, lit only by this very faint bioluminescence that you guys are presumably, in fact, trying to avoid, um, you can hear more roaring and crunching. And there is a like a terrible shrieking and squealing and like a squishing sound. Oh, oh, Mr. Noodle. And oh, Mr. Pretty Noodle. The, the thumping seems to be moving slightly further away. Uh, Mia, what are you doing? I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I'm not moving because I don't know how far away that creature is or how good its hearing is, and I don't want it to come back. And I am going to look around and just ask, what do we do next? I don't know. But also, f- fuck Luke Skywalker for coming here. <laughs> <laughs> I I must have... I was coming here at some point. Why? He's going to reply and go, yeah, fuck Uncle Luke. This is exactly his kind of bullshit. <laughs> and Kiyama kind of looks at her just like in a... 
I agree, but also this is weird coming from you. <laughs> um, if all of you, all of you can choose to forego your round and uh, make me a stealth check if you'd like. Is that what everybody would Hell like yeah. to do? Yeah, I can try. Hell it yeah. Okay. Sounds good. I, I just need to know if everybody's going to do it because that's going to carry a certain amount of bonus to it if you're all, you know, concertedly trying to do the same thing. Um, yeah. Plus, all remaining still as well is important. Uh, Eshka has mostly generated a tremendous amount of advantage. <laughs> but uh, the result as a whole is good enough for everyone to remain hidden. I think this is one of those things where it's like a group check, like a group stealth check in D&D, where like, if one of you fucks up the shadow play, like, you're all going to be fucked. Yep. You all dig into the uh, foliage around the skeleton. I imagine you kind of shuffle BC, VC20 into the ribcage to get him well hidden since he's also reflective, which could pr- presumably prove somewhat problematic. Eshka, the... You're able to fully relay what you know about the Rancor now. It does, in fact, have a certain amount of night vision. And, I mean, it's a nocturnal predator. It can see fairly well in the dark. But because its its eyes are so small and so high up, the most useful way for it to hunt is purely by light and shadow changing and by noticing movement effectively like that. Um, it's also large enough that and loud enough that it knows it can provoke prey animals into running, generally speaking. So staying still and turning lights off is the easiest way to avoid a Rancor encounter. Its sense of, its sense of smell is actually not that good. And you know all of this because you somehow pulled out a four on your education roll. So <laughs> you just know a shit ton about Rancors, apparently. From the darkness, as you're explaining this, you can hear more roaring and crunching and after a few moments of silence and a deeply unpleasant uh squelching and slurping and then there is a sound like a like a cup being tossed across the floor like a ding ding like a hollow almost ringing and something heavy like rolling and crashing through the underbrush and then silence as the thumping motion in the ground shaking steps of the rancor Head south. R.I.P. Mr. Party Noodle. <laughs> R.I.P. to Mr. and Mrs. Party Noodle, actually. Oh. All right. Um, well, I think if B13 ran out into this, he's dumber than I thought. Um, do I remember when, from my cursory look, to, look for familiarity in the force, which direction it was that we needed to go? Or... Uh, the source of your familiarity is like to the north and west. Okay, and I explain that to the group. We we need to go northwest. And I think that Mia is sort of going to pause and consider this, given that she's like convinced that B B thirteen went south, and she's going to go. Chances are we'll have lost him by now anyway. And if he wasn't, if he was going south, he's going the wrong direction, not us. And so she's going to nod and sort of seed the directional to Kiyama. Wow. Yeah. What a justification. Thank you. <laughs> but it's true, though. Like, I mean, like, if she's sort of figuring that Kiyama is connecting to Uncle Luke, then, like, B-13's the one who's going to get them lost. And he took off without them anyway. So, like, trust the force. He certainly is gone. There's no way around that. gone. Him gone boy. Can we see the sky from where we are? 
Um, not really. The hole that you ripped into the canopy is behind you, like a significant amount behind you. And by behind you, I mean east. Uh, you sort of crashed in that direction. You crashed going from east to west. Okay. So there's not much sky that can be seen here, only, you know, the canopy above dotted by the sky blue pumpkin-shaped fruit that is bioluminescing overhead. All right, well, let's let's get moving and slowly. Hopefully if anyone comes down to find us, they make too much noise and draw too much attention to themselves. It's like this planet can take care of itself. So you're going to set up by night? Um, or do we think that's a bad decision, guys? What do you want to do? <laughs> um, uh... I mean, I don't know, like... Night is bad, but for all we know, daytime's worse. Yeah, and I don't, I don't like the idea of being in. They know the ship, like the people up in space know our yeah. ship and know where know we are. Where so I would want to at least get a little bit away before we were we would pause. Yeah. Can we walk for like an hour in the right direction just to put a, some distance between us and and the wreckage? Oh, you can do whatever you want. How does that sound to you guys? That sounds okay to me. Okay. I guess we'll do that then. We'll walk for an hour um, just to try and put some distance away from us and the ship and then decide if we want to keep going or rest. Can I have each of you make me a survival test? But before you make it, let me know if you are going to make it as the primary person or as an assister. I will be an assister. Okay. Go ahead and make it all right, VC20, Eshka, go ahead and make those survival rolls for me. Sorry. <laughs> I don't think you need to be sorry. Oh. Lumia or Kiyama, who's going to be the primary, who's going to be assisting? I think I should assist because Lumia rolls better, or Kiyama rolls better than I do. You All say right. that, and tonight. <laughs> Listen, I have not rolled well tonight, and I consistently don't roll well, so let's go. Oh, that's Monte Carlo fallacy. Um, go ahead and assist then, Mia. Uh, with all of that help, uh, Kiyama, please, please give me a survival <laughs> test. Don't get any advantage from that. Uh, okay. Uh, no, in fact, you inherited quite a bit of disadvantage. Come on, guys. <laughs> okay. Uh, three failures on survival. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to go back to the battle map. I'm gonna have fucking tigers eat you, goons. After walking for about a half hour, an even larger spider suddenly drops. It's about the size of a small poodle. Oh, God. It lunges at Mia with its mandibles. It is quickly, it quickly scatters, scuttling away into the darkness. Mia, unfortunately, you're going to be dazed until further notice. Uh, It is a paralytic poison. Her leg is swelling up enormously. Uh, oh no. Okay. I think this might be far enough for tonight, guys. And Kiyama will then just start taking taking like really quick bursts of her lightsaber like on off to try and like cut some of the foliage to be able to not necessarily create a windbreak, but almost just to make some sort of shelter where they can be kind of hidden. Sure. Like prop up branches against another like a larger tree trunk just to kind of give some sort of protection okay all right uh mia is dosing uneasily as the three of you kind of 
try to construct a lean-to. If I could get a perception from everyone while this is happening, please. Hey, finally a good roll tonight. Whoa, okay. All right, Eshka and me, and uh, Kiyama, Eshka and Kiyama notice uh, there, it, there is something coming your way. It's much smaller than the Rancor, but you can hear a few branch snaps as it draws closer and the rustling of foliage. It's actually coming up cunningly from behind where your windbreak is. Uh, um, no. Um, Kiyama's just going to kind of <laughs> do the, the action movie thing where you kind of hide behind the wall quietly and wait for something to come close enough. Okay. Eshka, VC20, what are you guys going to do? Um... I, th- I th- honestly, I think same. Like I, I think right now, especially with Mia down, just hiding is our best first line of defense. Okay. With my role, I didn't notice it. The other two could conceivably give you heads up. We it's would be like, so we kind of like, we'd pat you on the shoulder. We pat you on the shoulder and are like something, and like do the like pointing, <laughs> like stay right there, or it's coming. Shh, you know. I we let love- you know. Do my best to follow suit. Okay. As the three of you hide, you see a small creature, probably about three feet tall. It has a peach-colored, pointed, almost turtle-like head set on a long, spindly neck. Kind of asymmetrical, or not asymmetrical, but awkward-shaped, like Popeye arms, a pot-bellied body, and long, spindly legs. It is... Not wearing any clothes, but it doesn't seem, it's not like offensively nude, as it were. It's like, it's just a little creature. And it has a long wooden staff, taller than it is. And it doesn't, it hasn't noticed the three of you. It has, it uses the staff to gingerly poke Mia. uh, And as she groans, it leans down over the wound in her leg. Uh, you can see it is sniffing the wound. Does this creature appear sentient? Like, is it bipedal? Uh, it is bipedal, yes. It is. Uh, the, the stick it's carrying, it's using almost like a walking staff. Kiyama kind of, like, relaxes her posture a little bit and and kind of pauses and quietly whispers out loud, Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, it notices you for the first time, and it starts. It levels its staff, not aggressively, but defensively, and it says, Eeper, meep, beep, 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 beep. Oh, Senator, I think this is going to be your friend. Is this a language I speak? Uh, you're a protocol droid. Uh, if given enough time, you can speak any language. I would like to speak this language. Okay. What are you doing to sort of make first contact as you get acclimated to this, acclimated to this tongue, BC-20? I think the way I'm going to rule it for... Uh, protocol droids, your protocol droidness is that you have to have a little bit of an exchange before you can recognize the linguistic patterns and fit it into something you already know. Gotcha. Um, Since I am not yet able to speak with it, like maybe I'll do um, some kind of gesture that is friendly in most of the languages I do know. A nice wave. I'm not carrying any weapons. Gotcha. Uh, it reaches out with its staff and uh, pokes you in the thigh once and then twice, VC-20, producing kind of a ringing sound. It says, beep, 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 beep. And it looks at you questioningly, VC-20. 
And I still don't understand him. No, probably one or two more exchanges. Um, do I recognize what type of creature he is? Uh, give me an outer rim, please. Yes, this is a sort of a subspecies of the native sentience on Felucia. Felucians are known in the broader galaxy. These are the Felucians who choose to eschew technology and civilized, quote-unquote, civilized life in favor of uh, remaining true to their nomadic hunter-gatherer roots. This is a jungle Felucian, as they're called sometimes, to distinguish them from the city Felucians who interact with the larger galaxy. So I respect they don't like technology, um, but as a robot, that may be unfortunate for me personally. Yes. The, the player is cool with it, the robot or the uh, character maybe a little less. Um, yeah, I guess I'm not going to try to say anything yet, but I will continue to try to seem non-threatening. Okay. Then give me a... Give me a charm roll, then. Okay, and, triumph and an advantage. Yes. Um, and did you remember to remove the uh, black die? Oh, no, I didn't. I should have, and I apologize. Um, yeah. Thankfully, um, it, it came to nothing in that particular situation. Like the, the the black die rolled blank, so we don't need to adjust your result at all. Is what I'm what I mean. Gotcha. Do you you kind of crouch and replicate a gesture you know is um, from the city Felucians that you have interacted with in the past? Uh, the creature eagerly uh, reciprocates. I'll I'll say it's you know like sort of a modified handshake um, where you actually like touch your forearms to each other the outer edge and it says and uh with that you will be able to understand this creature from now on so i can stop making roadrunner noises that must be a relief it was a little fun i got to admit i'm sure everybody else enjoyed it (laughs) we learned a lot about them and kiyama looks to the senator do you understand what he's saying I do now. I didn't earlier. You can try and replicate the language, test your understanding, um, and say something back in the language. I won't make you make a bunch of meeps and peeps. What if I want to make a lot of meeps and peeps? Oh, then you're welcome. <laughs> do it. I just made some, but I think the microphone's uh, noise filter canceled them out. <laughs> so that's good. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll make some friendly meepings and uh, kind of Ask what's up. Okay. The creature says, meep, 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 meep. And you know, lots of meepings and beepings. The the creature uh, introduces itself as Mirip. And Mirip is from a nearby tribe who, he, he, is a, he is a warrior. He was going to investigate whether or not the Rancor was coming this way. Um, it is his responsibility, he explains, um, to guard stay on guard for the remainder of the night whenever a rancor comes nearby uh he pokes at uh n- not pokes but uh points with his stick towards uh the semi-conscious mia and her wounded leg and asks if you know how to treat it we do not uh Mirip says that his people know how to treat such things they would be willing to help if you will help them. What do they need help with? He shrugs. He says, well, just help in general. Um, I don't think the senator would turn down an offer to help someone. 
and I don't think he would consider the possibility that it would be a might be a bad deal. Okay. He makes an expression that you know to be a smile VC20 and offers his forearm once more to uh, shake on it. We shake on it. Excellent. Uh, with a, a surprising display of strength, Mirup sets aside his walking stick and lifts Mia onto his back uh, single-handedly, like a like a fireman's carry. And he beep, 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 beep. Uh, says uh, says that he will guide you to the place where his people are staying for the night. I will follow, follow. along and yeah. translate. Okay, Mirup spends the next uh, 20 minutes or so describing um, different things. He's definitely gathered that you guys are out of towners. How could you tell? Yeah. <laughs> Y'all ain't from around here, are you? Oh, I should play. I should be playing Mirup with like a deep Southern deliverance accent. He describes various fruits and plants, uh, generally trying to be almost like a helpful guide, showing you the different things that, um, may or may not be useful. Most of his sentences, VC20, end with the phrase, but that's probably poisonous to you. You were, yeah. And you begin to gather sort of the notion that the Felutians have a deep and ingrained toxin resistance that allows them to consume basically, I mean, any of the flora on, on Felucia. It, it fairly commonly seems just toxic in general. Sounds good. At the end of the, the short jaunt, uh, there is a grove of gigantic pinkish mushrooms, each about 15 meters high, with a cap close to 20 meters across. Uh, sheltering underneath them are clusters of the different jungle pollutions. They seem uh, drawn up together in circles of bedrolls. Um, they have different uh, fires going things like that. Most of them are asleep. There are a handful that look like they are on some kind of patrol, possibly other warriors or sentinels like Mirup. And he nods to them, uh, displaying his forearm as best he can while fireman's carrying Mia. He brings you over to one of the, the, the base of one of the stalks of the mushrooms in this giant bioluminescent grove. And he says, uh, in you know his meepings and peepings, uh, that he'll be right back, and he is going to fetch uh, one of the herb wise elders. Uh, the four of you are left momentarily alone in this surreal alien village. Well, that could have gone worse. Um, is Mia conscious? Uh, somewhat, Mia. The the journey there has woken you up somewhat. You feel. You are feeling delirious and feverish. There are all kinds of crazy things happening. Some weird Koopa alien that is speaking purely in piping tones. Gigantic glowing pink mushrooms. Um, you assume that you are hallucinating. Okay. Um, well, uh, she's just going to kind of look around weakly and be like, are we safe? I mean, I think, I think so. Okay. These... Safer than we were earlier. Yeah, it's safer than us walking around <laughs> trying to figure out what to do on our own. Do we know where Uncle Luke is? At that question, can Kiyama do a force reach out to see how close she is to her, the present she was looking for, not Luke? But Do you want to look for Luke? Yeah, she does, because Mia's hurt. <laughs> She'll look for Luke. Okay. Um, 
Then, yeah. uh, I'm going to charge you light side point and please make a vigilance. And as she does this, she kind of like, despite, like every time she's reached out to the other presence before, it's been a very like, okay, I'm looking for reassurance. This one, she's like, all right, let's dig into this hate. Where are you? (laughs) She's like, I'm not looking forward to this. Oh, what is that? That is despair. Okay. Luke is not. What does that mean? (laughs) I'm not going to tell you what it means. It means that something is going to happen in the background that I'm not going to tell you about, and you will learn about in maybe a session or two. Great, great. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, but what you realize is that presence that you've been moving towards is not Luke, and moreover, that they are not close to Luke, because Luke Skywalker is not on Felucia. What the fuck? And actually, you know what? That makes Kiyama really happy. Like, she's just (laughs) like, all right, thank God. I don't have to deal with this right now. And kind of like recollects herself, like fully having expected to feel the presence of someone who did this to her and kind of looks to Mia and he's not... He's not on the planet. We're, I'm looking for someone else. But, but, but the message said to come here. Yeah, that, that initial message. Um, I. alive? Do you know if he's alive? I think it's sort of like, obviously he's been missing for a while and like Mia has known that, but I think it's like really hitting her like that he might actually be dead. I'm, I don't know who I'm looking for except that they were important and I can trust them. I can't trust Luke and And what about my brothers? Do I don't know your here? I don't know who your brothers are. I've I've never met Ronis your brothers. And Anakin. Ronus and Anakin's Organa. As you guys are having this strange um this this almost argument, um Mirip returns with a darker colored um almost like like where Merup is sort of peachy in skin color. Uh, this figure is more wrinkled and almost like a manila in tone. And instead of the long staff that Merup has, um, there is like a curved, like a like a very flexible branch that's been a wrap, like wrapped around itself, forming almost a circlet that the creature wears uh, uh, around its neck. From a leather pouch fashioned on this circlet, without a word, uh, this creature kneels down and starts uh, doing something to your leg, Mia. And uh, after a few moments, he looks up at you, VC20, and meeps out. He says, I will need to bleed the creature. Does it think this is okay? I will ask um, Mia. How do you feel about bleeding? <laughs> and Mia's gonna look between... No, she's actually gonna say, I don't really like bleeding very much. Why? Uh, I have been informed that treatment of your wound may require some bloodletting. Oh, well, I guess if you gotta. The manila-colored creature, who has not introduced himself... I, I, I need to start stop calling them creatures. They're, they're sentience. Um, the the manila-colored colored individual nods in a strangely like human-like gesture he pulls a 
stone, uh, what looks like a stone, from his pouch and positions it under your nose, Mia. And you, you can you realize it's crumbly. It's like chalk almost. He crumbles a little bit against your nose and lip. Uh, and again, in an oddly human gesture, uh, he pantomimes like taking a deep breath through his nose. You can hear like a like a big huff that uh, that he is, and you realize he's kind of like he's trying to instruct you, um, showing you what he needs needs you to do. Okay, so Mia's gonna take like a deep breath. Okay, uh, you immediately uh, pass out. This is some kind of general anesthetic. Great. The rest of the operation is unpleasant, and um, there is like a big scar that is going to be on your leg for some time. But after about a half hour more of like drawing venom out of the wound and bloodletting. Uh, he stands and meeps to UVC twenty that after a night's sleep she will rec- she will regain consciousness and should be able to walk even tomorrow. Uh, you notice that he is not without a certain amount of self satisfaction saying this. I will thank him very graciously. Instead of extending his forearm in a handshake like you did before. He reaches across and sort of knocks against your leg with his knuckles, much the way that Mirup did with his staff. And he says, you are a mechanical man. I am. He looks at the your party members, Mia lying on the ground, unconscious and recovering. Kiyama, you know, very obviously staring around, frustrated, vigilant. Eshka, who is, you know, ragged, still hurt from the rancor. And he looks back at you and he says... You command these creatures? You are their elder? I am their elder. <laughs> uh, he nods in in that, again, that oddly human fashion. And you find yourself wondering if maybe he's dealt with outside organics before. And he says, I know the, I know the problem Mirup should ask of you, but it is Mirup's problem. And sort of unceremoniously, he walks away. And that is where we're going to end for tonight. Sounds good. As always, we've been glad to have you. If you enjoyed it, tell some friends. We're on Twitter at Space Battles Pod, and you can always find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most platforms where podcasts are found. Okay, good night. When, when Jurassic Park came out, I used to make my parents let me watch it three three times a day because I love the dinosaurs so much. <laughs> that sounds like the Brian I know and love. Understandable. I feel like I was afraid of the Ewoks as a child. <laughs> I don't I don't know if this is true or not. But as an adult or like older child, it's just like, ah, yes, merchandising. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're very cute. It's like, it, I, I know they're not the same, but I just can't help but think of like the porgs in the last jedi they were like my the merchandising merchandising yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Each... real money from the movie is made <laughs>